0: Do you wanna study God's word, but you feel like you just can't commit to the rigors of a formal classroom setting? Well, let me introduce you to the Institute of Jewish Studies Light Workshops. These three-week interactive classes are practical, affordable, and offers a relaxed biblical online discussion. Stick around to hear more about
1: our IJS Light Workshops. In the book of Genesis, Jacob wrestled with an issue we all deal with every day, and that's giving God control. From failure to faith, Jacob's journey to becoming Israel, that's the theme of the current issue of Israel My Glory magazine. And for this episode, our focus. This is the Friends of Israel today. I'm Steve Conover. And I'm Chris Katolka. If you're not already a subscriber to our
0: magazine, Israel My Glory, I want to introduce you with a free one year subscription it's really easy. Go to foiradio.org or call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Today on the program, we are going to be looking at the life of Jacob, and we're going to be talking about some serious issues that we all deal with that we can see in the life of Jacob, the idea of giving control to God. And then we're going to speak with Peter Cologne. He wrote an article in our recent issue on troubled twins, talking about the lives of Jacob and Esau. But first, the news. President Trump praised Israel's border wall with Egypt when discussing his desire to build a wall along the southern border of the United States. This created some drama between the United States, Israel, and Mexico when Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu tweeted out, President Trump is right. I built a wall along Israel's southern border. It stopped all illegal immigration. Great success, great idea. Mexico's foreign ministry replied, though, Profound surprise, rejection, and disappointment in the Prime Minister's message on Twitter. Mexico is Israel's friend and should be treated as such. The statistics of Israel's border wall has drastically lowered their illegal immigration issue from tens of thousands to just a few dozen per year. I'm going to tell you, Trump is right. We can learn some vital
1: lessons from Israel on establishing a secure border. Thank you, Chris. If you would like more news from Israel, be sure to visit FOIRadio.org. Now, let's join Chris.
0: Six times a year here at the Friends of Israel today, we like to take a full episode to focus on our most recent issue of our magazine, Israel My Glory, and I'm holding our most recent issue here. I'm really excited to share with you about it. This particular issue is called From Failure to Faith, Jacob's Journey to Becoming Israel. From Failure to Faith, this is a great title to me because typically when you hear the phrase from failure to something, you expect to hear something like from failure to success, which would read like a self-help book where you find seven steps to bring you from failure to success, But that's not what this issue of Israel, my glory is about. Because at the end of the day, there are no series of steps that can take you from failure to faith. Growing your faith is a lifelong process that's full of ups and downs, mountaintops and valleys. When you grow and mature in the Lord Jesus, you begin to realize your faith in God must tap into every aspect of your life, uh, like your spouse, your kids, your friends, your career, everything. Everything is important to God. Every aspect of your life is important to God, and he is going to work through your life to make sure that you see the value of what it means to go from failure, because we all experience failure, to faith. And that's what this recent issue of Israel by Glory is all about. It highlights Jacob's journey from failure to faith. And when you read that, you begin to see that this whole issue is about how our lives even are played out. And the kind of failure we're talking about here isn't the failure of investing your money in a business that went belly up or inventing something that doesn't pan out. The, The failure that I'm talking about is the failure of trusting in yourself. Thinking that we are the ones in control. Trusting in your own will and not in the provision and promises of God. This perfectly describes the life of Jacob, which is another thing I want to mention. We are fortunate enough to see all of Jacob's life, from his birth in Genesis 25 to his death in Genesis chapter 49. We get the whole picture of Jacob's life, and his life was like something out of a movie. It was full of scandal, intrigue, danger, suspense, family division, difficulty, and heartache. God's word doesn't sugarcoat anything. And this is good for us because life isn't sugarcoated. The bad examples and good examples of Jacob's life uh, help us to see the value of letting God have control of every aspect of who we are. I believe there's a defining moment when God finally changes Jacob's life When Jacob begins to relinquish all of that control that he's wanted to keep to the Lord. It's a pivotal moment in the story of Jacob, which comes from Genesis chapter 32, verses 20 through 30. Just listen and imagine this encounter between God and Jacob. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22.
1: During the night, Jacob quickly took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, along with all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Then a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat Jacob, he struck the socket of his hip, so the socket of Jacob's hip was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. I will not let you go, Jacob replied, unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? He answered, Jacob. No longer will your name be Jacob, the man told him, but Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, Please tell me your name. Why do you ask my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, explaining, Certainly I have seen God face to face and have survived.
0: Jacob literally wrestled with God. At first, Jacob didn't realize it was God. He just thought it was a man. He thought his opponent was a man. Yet throughout this match, throughout the night, Jacob starts to realize this is not a mere man. This this is somebody supernatural. This is such an interesting story in the Bible, but fitting for the life of Jacob. See, when you read throughout the life of Jacob, you realize he's fought for everything he has. He grabbed the proverbial bull by the horns to make Everything work out the way he wanted it to. He deceived. He and he tricked his own family along the way to get everything he wanted. So it's fitting that Jacob would have to wrestle with God for him to realize who was the one who's really in control of Jacob's life. Deep down, I believe Jacob dealt with the same thing we all deal with. And that's the issue of fear. We all fear. That if we don't have control in our life, it will all fall apart and we'll have nothing left. You know, when I first started traveling and doing ministry around the country, every time I'd get on a plane, I feared every sound and bump that plane would make. I would grab the armrest of my seat and squeeze it during takeoff. I would squeeze that thing during turbulence and landing. I feared because I wasn't in control. I was forced by God to sit there and to trust that He was going to get me from point A to point B. And it didn't look pretty, people. Proverbs 29 25 says this The fear of people becomes a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be set on high. Fear is a trap set by Satan, it makes us act in our flesh rather than in our spirit. It made Jacob deceive and trick his own father, brother, and uncle. And what does fear produce? Only more fear. Fear is a black hole. It's never ending. Yet as the proverb says, those who trust in the Lord, they are set on high. And this image of being set on high comes from the military experience of finding a position of defense, that's set up on a high place, a place of safety and security, like a high wall or a mountain. Trusting in the Lord sets people free and gives them a sense of safety and security. You know, like Jacob, we all have to wrestle with the concept that God is the one in control. You know, I've learned over the years that sometimes I can put up quite a fight until I say to God, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of wrestling. God, you're the one in control. You know, over the years, I've started to study a little bit more about flying. I've I've learned what those sounds are that the plane makes. I have learned what those bumps are when you're flying. I've learned what it means to land. And you know what? I think that's the same for our, our discipline and the way that we relate with God. You know, we're all gonna experience turbulence in life But until you invest in knowing more about God through his word, investing in understanding who he is, then we'll always feel like life is turbulent. You know, God wants us to engage with him. He wants us to wrestle with him. It's not a negative thing. It's something he wants us to do so that he can turn around and show us, I have been the one in control all the time. And you know what's interesting? Jacob's name was changed that day. It was changed to Israel. And God changed his name to Israel, which means to strive or wrestle with God, in order to show that Jacob wrestling with God was a benefit for his life, because it changed him for good. He became a new man. It's not wrong to wrestle with God, my friends. It's not wrong to ask these questions. But in the end, God wants us to know that he's the one in control. You know, maybe there's something that you're wrestling with in life. Maybe you need this moment to realize that it's not a bad thing that you're wrestling with these concepts of God being in control. It's okay. And here's my challenge to you. Enter into that discussion with God through prayer and the reading of his word. And at the end, my hope is this. That God takes us from failure to faith. Now, stick around, my friends, because next after the break, we are going to be speaking with Peter Cologne about his recent article in Israel My Glory that talks about the troubled twins
1: of Jacob and Esau. So, stick around. We're excited to introduce a new way of learning from our Institute of Jewish Studies, IJS Light Workshops.
0: IJS Light Workshops is a three-week interactive class that's practical, affordable,
1: and offers a relaxed online discussion. You know, Chris, this is perfect for busy people since there are no grades, papers, or projects to worry about. And our first workshop, Heroes and Villains in the Book of Esther, begins February 27th. My friends, enrollment is now open, but
0: for our listeners, just enter code IJSLITE, that's I-J-S-L-I-T-E, all together, and the cost is reduced to only
1: $24. You can go to foiradio.org to learn more about ijs lite workshops and remember to get your discounted price of $24 you need to make sure you enter code ijs lite that's i j s l i t e
0: Welcome back, everybody. On the line with me is Peter Cologne, who is the creative resource coordinator and a Bible teacher at the Friends of Israel, a friend of mine, a colleague. Peter, great to have you on the program, my friend.
2: Thank you. Thank you, my friend.
0: Hey, Peter, you've written a great article here, Troubled Twins. It's something that I can relate to because I have twin sons, uh, Cohen and Preston. And uh, and they caused me trouble. So this uh, this particular issue uh, and and the article that you wrote uh, was near and dear to my heart. But I'm sure that the trouble that Jacob and Esau were going through are a little bit different than what my sons deal with on a daily basis. Uh, you know, you you unpack this relationship. Between these two sons, and it's an interesting relationship. You say that the, that there's a struggle that defines Jacob and Esau's life. What is that struggle?
2: Well, you know, you read the scriptures there, and you can see it's very definitively laid out. Um, God has specifically said that the uh, you know the younger one will uh, really be uh, God's choice to establish and bring out the revelations of God's word and such. And uh, and this began, I mean, the struggle began at birth. It will continue with the birthright, and it will continue regarding the blessings. It was all laid out out there. And it seems to be just a prototype of what will be uh, the history of God's uh, people uh, throughout, you know, the generations to follow.
0: So you're saying a picture of Jacob and Esau will become a picture of what we'll see unfold throughout the entire Bible?
2: Yeah, well, throughout yeah, the scripture, and then, of course, throughout history as well. Uh, You know, in this world, there will always be tribulation and troubles and such. Uh, But in the midst of that, that's where the Lord really shows forth his grace, his mercy, uh, and that God can do wonderful things during tumultuous times and such. And so here you have, starting off with two brothers, okay, and one family, and the struggle that uh, ensued there. It's pretty much like uh, like, uh, like the seed of what will be developed throughout the course of biblical and secular history.
0: In the Bible, it mentions that during the, the, the birth of Esau and Jacob, who are the sons, the twin sons of Isaac and Rebekah, you, you know, the, the image is this is, is, is very depictive of what their life would be like, Jacob grabbing the heel. Of his brother Esau, what does that mean that Jacob is grabbing the heel of, of Esau?
2: Well, that's where sometimes there's all kinds of viewpoints on that, but it's basically saying, you know, just kind of showing that the uh, that the uh, there will always be this competition uh, in their lives for uh, uh, status and then also uh, uh, working for God's program. Uh, it's it's just really interesting. And then the name that came as a result of the heel grabber um, that in regard to the history of the peoples that would come through these uh, two brothers, uh, it would be just that kind of struggle that, you know, we started off talking about here.
0: Can you describe a little bit of the personalities of of Esau and Jacob to help us understand a little bit about who they are and their backgrounds that would create this tension in their relationship?
2: Well, you know, I know the article mentions the troubled twins. Uh, They were twins and that they were born at the same time, but they did not look alike for the most part, and their personalities and makeup was totally different, Uh, whereas Esau was characterized as being red out of the earth, and then then Jacob kind of being more of a smoother uh, kind of person. And then their interests too. Where you know, Esau was more of the field and, and a hunter, and Jacob was more of the homegrown type. Uh, it's two different personalities, even though they you know came from uh, you know born at the same time. Uh, that thing there. So even twins, but they were different and totally different. Characteristic of what yet will come, as they both will become the fathers of nations.
0: It says in the Bible in Malachi one three and in Romans nine: thirteen that God loved Jacob and hated Esau. you know, but yet in in the Bible, though, there isn't this sense of that God hates Esau. Is that a strong word to use? and what what's the context of that?
2: Yeah, it's unfortunately the the way it's used. It's not a hatred in that uh, you know a sentiment, but rather it's a matter of and um, the sovereignty of God in his uh, choice. Uh, you know, when God sovereignly makes a choice, obviously uh, uh, another party is left out or, you know, is overlooked. But it doesn't signify that God does not love or care for the party that has not been chosen as such. Um, So that really is how that text regarding, uh, you know, that God hated Esau but chose Jacob and things should be understood. It is simply by virtue of the fact of God's sovereignty having called and... Uh, chosen Jacob for the initiator and uh, means to promote his entire program through the ages, um, and whereas uh, Esau is not part of that, uh, uh, the promise that God made.
0: We're speaking with Peter Cologne, and uh, Peter wrote this great article, "Troubled Twins," looking at the the life uh, and and the struggle between the twins of Jacob and Esau, and and I'm looking at your article. Uh, Peter and you say that there was trouble over the birthright and trouble over the blessing. What what does that mean?
2: Well, the, uh, in in those uh, at that time, uh, the birthright, uh, uh, the firstborn usually is entitled to uh, the blessings uh, that would come, uh, and thus they would pretty much carry on the uh, the authority of that family. And such, and then the blessing is when the father would just bestow uh, all the honors and everything to the firstborn uh, it, it was it was a real serious thing and uh, a real precious uh, thing that the father would do with the firstborn but here uh, based on God's promises, everything kind of got reversed a little bit in that Jacob uh, pretty much uh uh, manipulated or went after the birthright, but you can tell in reading text that Esau was not uh, that fond or took it very seriously, and that he willingly sold it off. Right. And, and in terms of the blessing, uh, uh, Jacob, the father really, uh, who should have known better uh, because of the promise, was going to bestow the blessing to Esau where it should have been going to Jacob, right? And through manipulation, Jacob, you know, got the blessing there, and everything was so unnecessary. Uh, the whole incident, because uh, God's plan was not going to be uh, altered in any way. But here you have uh, uh, mankind here doing things in order to kind of facilitate and help God along to fulfill His word, and then the problems and the issues that came as a result of that.
0: Yep, In the previous segment, I did a whole uh, segment on the idea that one of Jacob's biggest problems uh, in his life was the issue of control. And I love what you wrote here in the end. You said, Jacob learned the hard way to trust and depend on God, which is just another way of saying to, to allow God uh, the ability to have control over his life. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's one of the big takeaways from the life of Jacob that can be applied directly to a believer. Is the issue of control?
2: Well, uh, eventually, Jacob, you know, there is that text that says, Do not be deceived, and God is not mocked for, you know, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And Jacob, uh, you know, uh, applying what he did in order to obtain the birthright and the blessings and such, uh, it all came back to him. But these things are designed so that one would. Uh, Kind of let go and let God, and you see that. Uh, I saw it devotionally when uh, God touched his uh, hip there, and thus he was—you uh, can say—he was a broken man. But in the brokenness of him, he uh, really became a new man. Yes. Uh, because uh, you know, and then having to, uh, in all likelihood, use a like a crutch to to get around. as a clear reminder that. Uh, you know, our our dependency is not on our own strength, mm. but really in the Lord himself. Isn't that the truth? So he learned a lesson, we could learn the lesson, but it's uh, in scripture nothing there is by accident, but everything is there calculatedly by God himself.
0: You know, Peter, I always joke around that if I lived during the time of Abraham with my twin sons, I that's jackpot in the ancient day. I mean that's winning the lottery that you would have twin sons born. And today I'm just broke. You know, there's nothing. I got no one here.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's What's well, going to be the birthright, Father, and the <laughs> blessing? What do we get?
0: Well, Peter, I want to thank you, my friend, for being on, sharing with us uh, a little bit about the insights of your article. My friends, listen, uh, go to foiradio.org, and there you can uh, sign up for a free year subscription to Israel My Glory. You can read Peter's article, Trouble Twins. You can look at the entire issue of this uh, magazine, From Failure to Faith, Jacob's Journey to Becoming Israel. It's a great Uh, issue that looks at the life of Jacob and follows his whole life. And as I said earlier in the previous segment, really, the beauty of Jacob's life is that it's a real life, things that were really happening that are directly applied to our lives as we attempt every day as Christians to yield control to the Lord. Peter, thank you for being on, my friend.
2: Oh, my pleasure.
1: I'd like to thank Peter Cologne for being with us today. And don't forget, if you've never subscribed, you can receive Israel My Glory magazine at no cost for a full year. As mentioned earlier, we invite you to learn with us in one of our upcoming IJS Light workshops. To do this and more, visit foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Galeone, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg, at Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.